1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sav and Sean Show. I am one of your hosts, Sean. I
2: am your other host, Sav, and that makes this our show.
1: And today, actually, we are joined by our new friend, Tori. Welcome, Tori.
2: Welcome, Tori. Thank you so much. Wow,
0: incredible. (laughs) Yeah, usually I get paid for that, but I'm not going to charge you.
2: Wow, we got it for free. Amazing.
1: You did. A gift, a charitable scholar. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so thankful that you made the time. Tori, and we'll get into it obviously. Tori is a really, really awesome creator who, and you can explain this better than I can, Tori, obviously it's what you do, but creates a lot of essentially like D&D or high fantasy musicals as well as... Are they podcasts as well or are they just musicals?
0: Well, there's there's musicals, there's plays, there... It's a multi-platform experience, so... That's awesome. Yeah, we like to hit all of the platforms and hopefully one of them will take off.
2: (laughs) I must say right off the bat, your voice already alone is like just... I can already picture you like narrating like... The, the dungeon master's, like, you know, quest with, with your narrative. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Dungeons and Dragons, which is why I'm very excited to have you. I've always told my friends, like, I feel like it's, it's, it's a game that's, like, way too smart for me to play. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's so much that goes into, like, a whole D&D campaign, and, like, you gotta have your backstory, and, like, there's so much that you need to have, like, going into it that I'm, like, It's always, like, intimidated me, so I'm very excited to...
0: Well, you know what? It is... It it can be, but I think the most important thing is that if you just bring your imagination, you're going to be fine.
2: I do have one of those, so...
0: What? fantastic! More or less, at least. Well, if you need to borrow any more, I've got some, so... (laughs) Awesome. Yay! You also sound
1: to the to the point of your voice. You also sound very much like a like a movie trailer VO artist, which is great because I, I honestly want like a Stranger Than Fiction style just narration of you narrating my life. <laughs> I feel like it'd be more productive that way, probably. Who knows?
0: Sean woke up from a dream that he couldn't quite forget.
1: (gasps) Literally that. It gives like an eerie feel. I'd be like, oh my God, what happens next?
2: (laughs) Sean literally wakes up with a gasp, like, hello? Like, what was that?
0: Oh my gosh. Sean needed to make water and made his way to the water closet.
2: (laughs) Sean never drinks water. (laughs) That's how we know this is fiction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into the ins and outs of what what you do, um, because we also, we don't talk a lot about this on the pod, but Sav and I have collaborated on a, on a bunch of projects, not necessarily in your same vein, but in, in very similar things for, what, coming up on six years now?
2: A long time, mate.
1: A long time. So we've got some stories to share. Yes. But before all of that, what is going on in the world right now? Pop Culture Corner, Sav hit me with it.
2: Oh, I recently discovered, because I love space, right? I love space, but it also is like one of the things that like the idea of it just immensely stresses me, like the idea of being... Just floating in a a vast expanse of nothingness just really terrifies me. Right. I recently found out, though, through our new friend, uh, the JWST, the James Webb Space Telescope, in layman's terms for all you non-spacey people.
1: Iconography. My
2: good friend Jimmy, James, um, (laughs) has recently taken some photos of Neptune. What? Which, like, you know, in my opinion, Neptune's, like... You know, like, you got all your other planets. Like, Mars is, like, the one that potentially could, you know, house humans in the future. Mercury's, like, a little tiny guy close to the sun. Like, they all have their different classes. And then Neptune, I feel like, has always just been, like, Neptune. You know what I mean?
1: She's just vibing. She's in the corner.
2: Yeah, she's just there. I recently discovered, from pictures sent back by my good friend Jim the Space Telescope, Neptune has rings yeah what like saturn
0: it is well rung
2: ah well rung. well rung well hung (laughs) multiple rings multiple rings like and they were glow they were bright honey beyonce put a ring on neptune like they were bright and i was astounded and they were clear as heck too because my good friend jim the space telescope he hooks us up with some high def images right you know what i mean
1: It's like that trope where every, like a very, she's the man. I'm just Neptune, I'm just in the corner. And then she, takes those glasses off, redoes the hair, comes down that staircase and
0: said, I am here.
2: Put her in 4K, baby. Yeah, exactly. She's like, hey girl.
0: Here I am. And here's Uranus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that,
0: <gasps> I'm shouting. I would
2: imagine. Yeah, because I feel like Uranus is similar to Neptune We're just like, ah. Oh.
0: Mine isn't. Mine's much smaller. Mine is. It's gaping, so. <laughs> oh, that also, that's a you problem for sure, that one. Oh, it puts the gay in gaping. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I'm
1: screaming. Oh my god. Actually I have to I have to throw this out here because last night we were also recording another episode and I once we finished I was like, Oh, I'm gonna run out and go to game night for some mutual friends that we have over here. And I went over to these people's houses, we're like new friends, we met at karaoke, it was just a vibe, and there's something that I do more often than not, where in complete and total sobriety, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll stay in, I'm gonna be a little bit of a wallflower, I'll just hang out, and then, you know, maybe I'll see you whenever, the moment... A drip of alcohol touches my- The room.
2: moment you'd get a whiff of the scent of a freshly opened Pinot Grigio.
1: I am in it. And there's a million <laughs> fucking plans that are ready to go. And last night, that absolutely happened to me thanks to cucumber vodka.
2: Like a genie in a bottle, baby. It rubbed you the right way and you floated on over to game night.
1: Christina Aguilera, what's good? And so when I was at this game night, we were doing darts, we were doing beer pong. It was a vibe. And then I got invited- to go to a concert, like a <gasps> like a DJ concert. It's for tonight. This is the crazy part.
2: <laughs> An encore sh- party. Literally.
1: And I don't enjoy EDM. Like, that's not really my vibe. That's not what I listen to. But Drunk Me in the moment was like, oh, fuck yeah.
2: Don't you hate when you make plans when you're like under the influence and then like sober you has to deal with the repercussions? Like, God, now I have to socialize two days in a row. This is unbelievable.
1: Battery's completely depleted. And so I literally... Woke up, had to run over to H&M, so I, and I don't know what people wear to concerts like this. I don't go. Just
2: slap a bunch of glitter on your titties and wear a thong and call it a day.
1: Oh, that's just a normal Tuesday. I needed something fancy, honey. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's
0: what I'm wearing under this, so I'm okay. I'm prepared. I'm glad.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to call you all out like this. I'm
0: sorry.
1: <laughs> a flight from Canada to here isn't really that far. Come along. You
0: can see my glitterist.
1: <laughs> glitterist.
2: <laughs> I'm stealing that.
1: Well, you have to. Oh, feel free. <laughs> so I woke up, I ran to the store, I had a full day of shows today, then obviously this, rec- this recording session, and then immediately after we're done here, I then have to run so I can go to the heart of DC for some club that I, being the 80-year-old woman I am, like looked ahead on like Google Maps to see what the inside of the venue looked like, to see if I could actually bail, and I can't. So here we are. Wow! Have fun! Wow, it's wild. Anyway, Tori, yeah, what is going on in the world for you? What What's the vibe? What What's calling out your name lately?
0: You know, well, because right now my world is all fantasy genre, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we have our musical off the beaten path, and we have spinoff series. The Chronicles of Dar, Stories of Lyrus, Moments of Lyrus. all of these are fantasy-based shows that are based in in my world. And when I started writing these like some years ago, I knew fantasy was on the precipice, but now fantasy is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you have you have the you know the new Lord of the Rings on Amazon, you. you have the new House of the Dragon on HBO. Yes. Pretty sure there's some new stuff on Pornhub that I've not had to, it doesn't, bad dragon, I don't know, but the point is... Neris <laughs> yeah, Tarharian. Dang.
2: Don't,
0: don't
1: you
2: dare besmirch the mother of dragons name like that. How oh, dare man.
0: you? Oh, <laughs> the the Pornhub Lannister episode gets a little weird, but um, and doesn't matter.
2: What are you doing, step bro? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just sharpening my sword and I'm all stuck but it's it's oh. <laughs> it's it's everywhere I'm seeing it everywhere and so like it's I can't watch it but I want to watch it but I can't watch it because I don't want it to come all over my show that sounds I'm not that sounds <laughs> I don't well, like. do
2: you feel like if you watch if you watch things that are heavily based in that genre do you feel like it, it maybe bleeds in and like influences you maybe subconsciously in a weird way
0: it does so the idea of that my world when I started writing it was it pays homage to all of the major fanchi- franchises and, and mm-hmm. some small ones as well and so I purposely let that happen, but I can't watch the new wheel of time without wanting to try and insert something. And I don't want it to, I don't want it to influence me too much, but I just, it's like several itches I want to scratch all at the same time. Right. And my childhood is actually coming to life before me. And I can't watch it, so I'm giving myself six years of writing, and then I'm going to binge.
2: And then I'm going to bail and watch House of the Dragon, finally. That's right.
0: <laughs> and then go to EDM yeah. with, uh,
2: with
0: glitter on my G-string. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all of the above. Do you accredit
1: anything in terms of like fan service when it comes to your writing style, in the sense that... You make little, like, callbacks to other forms of media? Or because you've created this world, you don't want to really break the fourth wall in that way?
0: We break the fourth wall all the time. So in that, we pay homage to... We'll mention... The guy with the golden hand, but we won't say his name, right?
2: Gold member.
0: That's right. It's the Pornhub show. We're back to that again. Uh,
2: (laughs) I can always bring it back to Pornhub. It's
0: fantastic. Me too. Actually, I I haven't watched Pornhub in at least 20 minutes. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know what the latest is.
1: We're glad you carved out the
0: time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm chafing from there. And it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) but uh, but yeah, we, we, our world pays homage to all of these other worlds, right? But one of the things that we do in terms of fan service is that we let our Patreon members vote on which story to tell next. And so, like, next week, the the fans voted that they wanted to hear the Lost Seer story. Because in our world, there's only three Seers, and and we know what happened to this one and this one, but the last one, we don't know what happened. So they voted for that, and now I'm writing that, and um, it goes up on Monday of Ooh. next week. Well, I guess in nine days. That's awesome. And I don't have a script yet. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs>
1: terrifying savannah actually just we were just uh in the process of this this crazy idea and you can choose whether or not you want to to publicly say what the idea is but
2: oh let's say it yeah say it
1: we're working on a panic at the disco jukebox musical um (gasps) called the death of a bachelor and we're super super excited but sav is like an ironing machine when it comes to writing and so she will throw out so many amazing awesome ideas and like get stuff written so quickly and then we'll go back over and like sort of just edit see what stuff works but like the idea of like you said nine days and nothing's written and then oh well it's gonna be there that's like her mo
2: that's pretty i will say i just i had a a script commission in august that I'm not going to say who it was for or what it was about because I don't want to get in trouble if anyone happens to be listening to this. But Fair. I may or may not have written the majority of it the day it was due uh, for for turning in. Plus side, they loved it. However, I did write about 50 of the 60 pages in, a, in about <laughs> four hours prior to sending it over. Right. Um, so yeah, I definitely... I like having deadlines, but I definitely feel the pressure of, like, you know, wanting to pump out stuff, like, as quickly as possible, but I also, like, I'm such a perfectionist, I want to make sure that I don't limit myself, like, oh, I have a certain time frame, but I don't want to meet the time frame by producing, like, half-ass work, you know what I mean? Right. There's a very yeah. fine line between, like, meeting your deadlines, meeting your goals, and also producing a product that, like, you're proud of. Of
1: course. I, and I'll say for the record, it does hold up.
2: Thank you.
0: Oh, Anyway, sorry you were saying. But I was just <laughs> saying, if you're anything like me, Savannah, that you've got... I mean, I write really quickly as well, and usually it's one draft and it's done. Uh, But I sit on it for a long time, and it percolates, and it's always there. Right. So while we Mm -hmm. may not be putting it down on paper, we are constantly thinking about it and letting it marinate in our theatrical juices, if you will. Oh,
2: 100 percent.
0: Yeah. And so it sounds like we are very similar in that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can work under pressure, we can write really quick, but we've also been letting it marinate for a while so that when when the product does come out, it's actually a lot more flavorful thanks to our juices. A creative
1: sous vide, if you will.
2: I like to season <laughs> season my work pretty heavily. So yeah, I don't like to just throw it in the pot and call it a day. I like to let it stew, let it break down, let it develop over time. And then eventually kind of, once it's, it's processed in here, then I kind of flush it out on paper. And very similar to what you said, like it's normally one draft and then I go, I lately have been trying to work more on editing myself and self-editing as I go and I feel like that's helped me a lot too and being able to write quicker as well um but yeah I think exactly what you just said like because I kind of sit on it for a little bit longer than just kind of like putzing around and staring at blank pages and doing whatever like I'm able to kind of get one draft that's pretty solid from the get that doesn't really need like a lot of editing Uh, Which is always kind of nice. It always just makes life easier down the road.
0: And you guys both write music as well, correct? I I write lyrics. And I'm very much telling my composers that I work with where we need to begin emotionally, where we need to end emotionally, what this piece needs to feel like. And then I send it back when I don't like it. (laughs) i love it the the
1: process for that is so interesting to me like i said sav and i have worked together on a bunch of different projects for years and obviously some of them are jukebox where we're sort of broadening the scope of what you know the original source material is but sav obviously you have created some really really awesome projects out of you know thin air in your brain that includes music so like how does that how does that process begin I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, so like, I don't, I'm hesitant to say that like I write my own music because I don't formally like play any instruments. All of the stuff I do is digital. So I, I build all of my music in like programs. And when I write, it's always gonna be lyrics first, but they always come with a melody typically. So it's like whenever I jot down a set of lyrics or a particular line or even a chorus or even like if I sit down and bust out a whole song right there. 98% of the time, the lyrics that I'm writing down, I already kind of have some melody for in my brain. This is kind of the trick for when I can tell it's a good song is that I never really lose that melody. So even if I like write it down revisit it months down the line, if it's something that I know for sure was good... I'll be able to pick it up right away in my brain of like, oh, this is kind of how I wanted that to sound like versus things that I know are maybe not great. They're kind of forgettable. But it's like, I even, I have a running notes app with just like random one-liners here and there, stuff that I could literally open right now that I have running from like 2018 that I could tell you exactly how this melody is supposed to go in this one. And then usually from there, I'll flesh out the whole song typically. But that's also like my process now. Back in the day, I I had a lot more help. It was more like I had basic piano chords that I kind of came up with and I brought them to a composer, kind of like what Tori was describing and just like, hey, this is kind of the vibe I'm going for. This is how I want it to sound. This is the key that I have it in. And these are my words and kind of this is what I'm working with. And that was kind of how we built my first show. For sure. But then after that, I kind of I really I'm a, a little bit of a control freak. So that's why I kind of made the transition to strictly digital and kind of building everything myself because then I have like total control over it. So
1: For sure. And Tori, as a lyricist, yeah. do you find that there's a difference between or a, I guess a difference in difficulty between lyricism that goes into
0: like contemporary versus the high fantasy that you do or Well, see the, the way I look at any genre of of performance really is that for me, fantasy is just the lens that we're looking through. It's always about humanity and where's the love, right? So while while we put on these glasses and and have this kind of separation between a mirror of society and ourselves, we get to look at, at society through the lens of fantasy, which separates us a little more and allows us to to maybe see our own faults a little bit easier and allows us to you know because that mask is there it's like the computer you put a computer in front of us and you can say anything online that you would never say in person yep. well fantasy fantasy is that mask right yes. that you can actually you're separated it from you're, you're separated from it a little more and so maybe you can see the plight of others easier and so it allows me to really hone in on the humanity and the love of of the story and how I think everything goes back to love, right? Yeah. I think there's three questions I always ask my students. What happened immediately before the scene or the song? What do you want by the end of the scene or the song? And what do you want ultimately? And ultimately is our relationship with love. We want to be loved without condition. But somewhere along the way we've screwed that up. And so our our love without condition means addiction. And so we won't call it a sex addiction in the show. We'll call it somebody who is amorous. Right. Mm. And so we you know, it's not that overt, but we're talking about really real characters experiencing these love and loss and pain and joy and elation. So when I'm writing these, I just pull from what I've experienced humanity to be, what I've witnessed, what I've been a part of, what I'd like to be a part of and how I don't have all the answers on how to fix everything, but I can give options. And so there's always this, when I'm writing lyrics, I'm always looking for where is the love and what is the relationship with that character's, to love with that particular character, right? So it may be a high fantasy setting, but the name may not be Savannah, it may be Tothrial, right? Ooh. Ooh. I just pulled.
2: That's actually my stage name. How did you know?
0: Yeah, you are tough really.
2: Incredible! (laughs) I dig it, Tori. I dig I dig the whole vibe. Of everything you just said. Like, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. That's so cool. I
0: saw you nodding your head and I was like, oh, you're my people.
2: I was like, I was literally, I was like, this man is preaching. I am here. (laughs) I'm eating it up. I'm I'm eating whatever is being served right now. I'm here for it. And I love how
1: you talk about the metaphorical mask, because I've been just operating through a literal mask being a gimp mask. And those just take away all the visibility. So, (laughs)
2: yeah. I imagine they're just incredibly uncomfortable also. Sweaty, chafy. Literally.
0: Oh, yeah. my God. Why am I horrified and slightly turned on all at the same time?
2: I know. I was going to say, I'm, I'm a little perturbed, but also like curious <laughs> at the same time. I'm <laughs>
0: screaming. I was just thinking, you know, I just taught an acting for dancers course for these incredible dancers. And the first thing I asked them, was like, why am I here? They're like, well, because you're, you've been scheduled to come here. And I was like, no, no, no. Why am I here? And they were like, I actually don't know and i and i went through and i said for tens of thousands of years humans have turned to song and dance and words are no longer enough right and that is why musical theater is so incredibly important we need to get back mm-hmm. to the reason to sing earned the right to sing because every song started off as a prayer absolutely right every dance was a prayer indigenous rain dances and sun dances african death chants when somebody dies right and that even comes to today where it's you know the father-daughter dance at a wedding these these things and celebrations and prayers were handed down Somewhere along the way, we lost that in musical theater, and we we're all of a sudden cats licking our paws on stage and right and singing about uh, in pop music, singing about an umbrella, ella ella hey hey, right? Right. So- <laughs>
2: Listen, I will not take any, any bad girl riri <laughs> slander in on this podcast. <laughs> she is our new Super Bowl headliner. Thank you very much.
0: We love to see it. We love to see it. Which podcast can we do that on then? Just let me know. We'll talk after.
2: Not this one, Tori. We'll, we'll just
1: we'll just create a new one. It's totally okay, fine. We've got yeah. the resources. We'll the, do it.
2: The Sean Show, not the Savage Sean Show.
1: But you're so right. There is also something to be said, and you know, it. It. I feel like it's commonly said, but it's always really resonated with me that you know, at the heart of the reason why musical theater exists, and for a lot of people, it becomes. A, a deter to participate in musical theater but the reason that we sing is not for the sake of pretty literal rhyme that just fits for this small narrative you've created it's because you have no choice but to express their song because there's just that much power and feeling in it so that's really interesting that you said that that's
2: literally like what my drama teachers always said it's like we sing because talking does not get the message across the same yeah. anymore that's why in a musical a like, character begins to sing in the first place which is why I've always been like Duh, that makes so much sense. However, in real life, I can understand how that would be alarming if like, you know, we were arguing and then I just started belting in your face like that would be, you know, scary.
0: Well, I've always said we should always sing when words are no longer enough. And I find that audiences are only going, Martha, why is he singing when they haven't earned the right to sing that song, when the emotions aren't in that place? The best songs... Uh, The best musical theater pieces come when the songs are earned and you don't even realize that they're singing into the recitative or, or the song until halfway through that first verse. And you're like, oh, my goodness, this brought me into this moment. And I understand why there's no choice but to sing because we've earned the right to do that. And then... That guy that's like, Martha, I love musical theater! I have no idea!
2: Welcome to the theater, Frank.
1: Oh, wow. We caught the matinee last week. They did a really good job. I don't know what was happening.
2: I think she's the understudy. She's not that bad. She's got a nice she's voice. She's doing well. You
1: know, they could be on The Voice, American <laughs> Idol. I don't know why they haven't gone so far. She's
2: cute, you know. She's got the look. Oh, and
1: he's a little stud muffin. Ugh. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: he's a cutie fly. No, I honestly, I also really want to bring up the point that you made, even though I was slandering bad girl RiRi, I just have to make a note. I totally agree with the point about like pop music too. Like I, Sean has heard me say it a bajillion times. I freaking hate pop music. I think pop music is repetitive. It's annoying. It's not, it, there's nothing inspired about it. It's patterns and it's earworms and it's just stuff to kind of catch you and keep you coming back just to kind of keep streaming it. Like pop music to me doesn't have that same you don't you don't earn it. You know what right. I mean? Like exactly what you were just saying, you don't earn the right to hear like the lyrics don't have as much weight. They don't really mean as much. Like, yeah, you get a couple of like bangers here and there that are like, oh man, this song is so good. But like again, everything is so overplayed on the radio that by the time it has its moment, it's already been so overplayed that like you don't even want to listen to it anymore, you know? Like
0: Are you ready for your new favorite term? I've got something for you. Oh, God. Let's hear it. Auditory herpes.
1: <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. That use of the, the repetition of a chorus so it sticks in your brain, that doesn't actually have any yes. complexity. And I could talk, yes. like, my biggest pet peeve is literal versus a literal rhyme just because of the way that it resonates oh. in my brain. Right. And I think it was NPR or something because I agree with you, Tori. There was, like, uh, somebody had, had written a whole article about how that sticks, and um, it's absolutely infuriating.
2: Yeah, I hate it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not a fan. Okay, so for our last segment before we adjourn, if you were to give either Savannah or myself with the limited information, because honestly, we really didn't go that much into personal things, and we don't know each other that well, but if you (laughs) were to put us in a class when it came
0: to D&D, where would you put us? Uh, Sean, I think you're definitely a bard. I think there's no... I was going to say that. There is no (laughs) choice But to uh, but to make you a bard, I think you're you're charming, you're flamboyant, you're entertaining. You oh, are... stop. Don't stop. stop.
2: <laughs> Toss a coin to your picture.
0: <laughs> oh, valley of plenty.
2: Does that make me Geralt? <laughs> if you're the bard, does that make me Geralt? Wait, am I Henry Cavill? <laughs> okay,
0: well, and here, that uh, Sav, this is... Uh, so, listening to you today, so I am a huge fan of strong female... Characters. My world is full of strong female characters, and I feel like you would be a swashbuckling fighter.
2: A So you you are Ooh. a fighter. You're strong.
0: You're independent. You're you're powerful. You have lots of techniques under your belt, but also you have that roguish charm and charisma. Uh, put those two together. You, the two of you, are unstoppable.
2: Wow, we so Oh my cool. gosh, we do.
0: We need to have you on the podcast more.
2: The swashbuckler and the boss. That's
1: us. You can just. I'm going to give you all of my self esteem, and that's you're in charge of it now. I'm I'm completely out of Yo, the picture.
2: <laughs> I, I kind of I kind of want to pursue a career in swashbuckling, like legit. Let's get you going. That is so cool. Honestly, I really like that.
0: One of the things we do in our world is people that mean a lot to me. People that I that resonate with me. People that I that I love they become a part of our world that includes our fans and i can i will totally write the swashbuckler and the bard for the two of you i do something called rudels which are writing doodles that that tie all of the the stories together so I'm going to write a Rudel for the two of you and expect it within the next couple of days. Oh my
2: god! Oh my God. I'm honored. So honored. I'm honored wow. You're like
1: the favorite guest that we've ever had. Oh my gosh. That's so <laughs> yes. sweet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. my gosh. Well, as we... Reach the end of our time here together. I just wanna say thank you so much for for being able to take the time and, and be with us, Tori, and, and to talk about the process and some of the awesome stuff that you create. It really has been such a pleasure to have you on. And uh, I, I love the way that your mind works. It's just really cool.
0: Thank you. I just, it was an absolute joy and I love sitting and just talking with friends. I don't know you, but now you're friends.
1: Now we're friends. Yay,
0: oh we're my friends. gosh! The glitter is in the mail. <laughs> I just found Sean's glitter is. Oh wow! <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if you like what you just heard, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. R R S son. It's the best way to support small creators such as ourselves. That is small in the figurative sense, not the literal sense, because we are large people. If you want to follow our show you can do so on instagram at the underscore sav and sean underscore show if you'd like to follow me personally on instagram you can at anthony underscore clams savannah where can the folks find you
2: you can follow me on the tic tac at savannah peterson or you can visit my website for all of your writing needs i do plays musicals freelance copy work that is savannah and
1: tori Where can the people find all of the really awesome, crazy, like, it blows my mind. I did a little bit of
0: research on you before you were on. Um, So the awesome stuff, where can they find that? You can go to find us on all of our socials at OBP Musical. That stands for Off the Beaten Path Musical. OBP Musical on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and our website, obpmusical.com. And our next show is Stories of Our Lyrists 8. The Lost Seer story, uh, and that is free with people from all the big giant mega musicals. You'll see yours truly there as well, one of the characters in the show. Well, that's the draw right there.
2: Incredible. Just- Come hear this soothing
0: voice. Come hear these dulcet tones in your ear balls.
2: <laughs> Yes. No
1: choice but to. Alrighty, well, we'll make sure to put all of those things in the link below. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you guys
2: next, next time. time.